Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everyone, to the ins and outs of Coffee Week 3. I want to thank you for joining us, those in the room, as well as those on ACB Media 5. Welcome. Just as a reminder, you do have to be in the room in order to have your name added to the drawing. And you do get your name added each time you attend. So if you attend all six, your name will go in six times. And at the end, we will draw out a name for a coffee-themed gift card uh, for items of coffee that you can order from anywhere in the contiguous United States. So that will not leave anyone out. Hopefully um, last year there was an issue with the chain that I chose not being available all over the country. So this week's topic is espresso based drinks. Now I'd like to hear from a couple of people. What comes to mind when you think of espresso? Hey, did you want me to go over the commands? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So if you want to um, raise your hand, it's Alt-Y on the PC, <clears throat> Option-Y on the Mac. Uh, on your smartphone, it's um, under the More button. Double tap it and then swipe until you hear Raise Hand and double tap again. And on your smartphone, uh, yeah, on your uh, touchtone phone, it would be star nine. And then to unmute, it's alt A on the PC, command shift A on the Mac. Uh, you'll have a, an unmute button in the lower left corner of your screen on your smartphone or iPad. And uh, it would be star six on your touchtone phone. Uh, thank you. Cecily, back to you. All right. I think uh, we have a hand raised. Yes. Yes, Lucy has her hand up. All right. Um, espresso. I, I love just espresso. I mean, if Ooh. I need a kick in the head <laughs> and it's usually like in the mid mid to late afternoon once in a while I will you know drink just a shot of espresso and but espresso drinks um I think of like a steamed milk with you know a shot or two even of espresso with some other things added I'm not real adventurous I, <laughs> I usually get like a um tall latte mm-hmm with a double shot of espresso and raspberry syrup with whipped cream and chocolate sprinkles. Oh, wow. What a fun drink. That oh, is it is so drink. much. I, yeah, and I usually get it with skimmed milk. Not that I want to save the calories, but um, I, I like skimmed milk a lot better than whole milk if I'm going to drink milk at all. So that's what my deal is right there. Mm. All right. I love that. I love it discussion of all the different types of dairy that, that, we, <laughs> that we have there and you know I have not experimented a lot with other milks I did go through uh, an almond milk phase 
And I found that it frothed really well. And we're going to talk a little bit about frothers a little bit later. So what is espresso? How do you make it? So the basic thing to know about espresso is the origin of it around 1800. And you will um, begin to know that that was not the Industrial Revolution, but there was a lot of technology being developed around that time. And one of those technologies was how to heat steam at a regular rate. Uh, if you're heating over fire, it's not always as regular, but as different stoves were being manufactured that could give them a, an even heat, then they found that they could use what was called a mocha pot or an espresso pot. And that's what they would use in their homes in Italy to create espresso. So it's a small amount of coffee grounds. Uh, if you've seen an espresso filter, it's, it's not much. It's um, about the size of a silver dollar and maybe as thick as if you stack about four to five silver dollars on top of each other. Or if you look for about twice as deep, but still the same circle around, that's for a double shot. But in a pot, in an espresso pot, the water goes in the bottom. There's a little steam valve where steam escapes. And then on top of the water is a filter, a metal filter basket where you put your, your coffee grounds. And then a filter on top of that screws on. And then as the steam rises, the, the hot water, the scalding hot water goes up through the grounds and collects on top in the top chamber. I had one of these pots. They're very inexpensive. I don't necessarily recommend that you make your espresso that way. Um, and I'll go ahead and talk about why, since I went to all the trouble to describe the pot. The espresso pot, the steam valve will sometimes squirt out droplets of steaming hot water at you. And if you don't screw it on exactly right, it will boil over all over onto your stove. I find it's hard to thread it in just right and get it there. Then when you go to pour it, again, if it's not threaded right, or sometimes leftover water will drip out of that steam valve. So none of that is, is helpful or nice. So I don't recommend a beginner espresso user to use that. I'm going to switch over to my notes because the origin of the word espresso comes from, that's not it, comes from the Italian uh, for to press because the coffee grounds are pressed down into the filter before the espresso is made. So back to a, a machine and on the Google Doc that's attached along with the invitation to this session, like before the Zoom link, if you to click on the first, uh, enter on the first link, then it's the, uh, the Google Doc. It says something like notes here. And I've put two links onto there. And it depends on your adventurousness. I didn't put the link to the mocha pot, but if you're interested, I can. It's, you know, very low tech, very simple, just has the potential pitfalls that I described. I find the espresso to be just as good as an electric machine. So for the electric, there's two types. And the exact type of simple machine that I 
have is no longer made. So it's a second generation, but it's a DeLonghi. That's D-E-L-O-N-G-H-I, DeLonghi. Maybe another way to pronounce that, not sure. So it is um, very accessible. And I find it's accessible because of the features that it does not have. So it has an on-off switch and a dial, one dial. If you close the dial all the way, then all the steam and pressure and heat will press on the coffee grounds that you put into the filter basket. As you release that steam, if you turn the valve all the way, all the way towards you, it's all the way closed, all the steam goes through the coffee. When you have as much espresso as you want, you begin to release that steam valve by turning it away from you. When it's all the way away from you, there's no water going through the coffee grounds anymore, and it's all coming out the steam wand on the side. So the steam is either going through the grounds or through the steam wand. So the ideal method you would use would be coffee beans, espresso grind, which is a very fine grind. And the reason for that is if you want something tightly packed in, for example, you want a bucket and you've got your bucket and you want your bucket as tightly packed as possible with no air bubbles in, you're not going to put big rocks in because there will be a lot of gaps for air to get through. But if you put fine sand and pack it in, then there's not as many gaps. So that's the reason for grinding it really fine, almost to the finest that you can get. So the fineness of grind goes from the very finest at Turkish to coarse grind for cold brew. And this would be one step up from Turkish at, at a espresso grind. You would literally say that. So one of the places I buy my coffee uh, before I got into grinding it myself with my Cuisinart, I would go to the farmer's market and they had a coffee bar with the whole beans from different countries. And you could say drip grind, espresso grind, coarse grind. And so they would grind it for me, espresso grind. The other thing about espresso for ideal coffee is that you want it to be not only fine grind, but espresso roast which would be dark French or Italian, which are the three darkest roasts you can get. Honestly, the beauty of going to a coffee shop is two bucks, you could get a shot of espresso. You don't have to think about any of this. But for those of us that love it, it's fun. It's fun to make your coffee at home. And uh, so you've started with, with all this, ideally said it's the right grind, it's the right roast. You spoon it into the filter basket. It's uh, one tablespoon for the small filter basket, which is the silver dollar stacked on top until it's five high, or two tablespoons for the large filter basket that makes a double shot. Now, while it's all cold and empty and there's no coffee in it, you can feel the filter basket is a small cup, the size I've described on the end of a long stick, and if you feel on the bottom of the cup, there are two holes. Those are the two holes. You can either put 
one cup underneath that's big enough to encompass both of those holes, or you can put two espresso cups underneath, two small cups, and it'll dispense equally into both of those cups. So locking it into place can be a little tricky. There's, there's a trick to it, but again, practice with it cold and empty because once this coffee, once it's heated up, and with the DeLonghi, all you do is um, whatever cups you want to use, in other words, how much coffee you want to end up with, you double it. So if you want half a cup, you put a whole cup of water in, switch it to on, you will hear it heating up. It's the most fun sound of just the steam beginning to rise and whatnot. And then it'll just start to come out. You'll hear it whoosh, and then you'll hear the liquid dripping down. As I talk about the different kinds of espresso, you will be able to know, do you want a recess tray is basically half a shot. That would be the very strongest, then a shot, then a double shot. Those are basically the, the three strengths espresso comes in. And when you have as much as you want, then you turn the steam valve all the way. Now, this is the way I do it. If you I let the coffee get made, then I put cream in a pitcher, one cup of water in the reservoir, and turn it back on again and let it heat back up again, and then I steam my milk. Yes, that gives the coffee a little time to cool down. There is room in the reservoir if you know exactly how much water you need for your coffee, exactly how much water you need to make steam to steam your milk, and exactly how long that's all going to take, then feel free to add all the water in all at one time. Now, you may be listening going, really? I'm not doing that. If that's the case, the Mr. Coffee may be for you. It's the Mr. Coffee Cappuccino Machine. It has six buttons, but once they're labeled, and there's plenty of room, I did Dymo tape Braille labels um, beside each button with a bump dot on the one that I used all the time. So the way, the, and this link is on as well. This is more expensive. The DeLonghi is about $60. The Mr. Coffee Cappuccino Machine is about $200. Those are the two I've had experience with, so those are the two I included. Now, if anyone else has a coffee machine that is not a Keurig, because a Keurig is next week, bring your Keurig and machines and K-cup recommendations next week. If you have a coffee maker this week that you like, uh, feel free to raise your hand and share with us what kind of coffee maker you have and what you use. Um, while I'm talking about the Mr. Coffee, you can be raising your hands on that. Okay, Lucy. All right, Lucy, what you got? Well, I was just going to ask you, is there, because I think I've heard of this, um, an, an espresso machine that takes, well, they don't call them K-cups, but they call them pods. Oh, yeah, there is. Okay. So. That's what that, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That machine is gosh, what is it called? It's like Nespresso. Nespresso. Or some, Nespresso, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Let me write that down. Okay, cool. Thanks. And come back to it because I don't know a lot about it other than I've seen the cartridges and accidentally bought them thinking they were K cups. And then oh, I said, dear. wait a minute, these are not K cups. <laughs> There's something wrong here. 
So that's probably an automatic espresso machine where you don't have to pack your own. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll, I'll revisit an espresso, but it sounds like it's an automatic espresso machine. Um, the last week, six, week six under hotel coffee, I talk about the AeroPress. I think that's technically espresso also because, again, espresso means to press. So you're pressing through the coffee. And anytime you have that steam and that pressure building up, that's when. And, you know, it does kind of sound like a pressure cooker when it's running now that now that I think about it. But for the Mr. Coffee, you fill the. Uh, fill the reservoir in the same way. Uh, I mean, not fill the reservoir with water, fill the milk pitcher with milk and snap it into place. And the milk pitcher comes off so that you can, their idea is that you will store the milk pitcher full of milk in your refrigerator and just use it a little bit every day. I found it's better to give fresh milk every day because once it's been steamed, I don't know. I just never felt good about that. And it, it isn't actually steaming the milk in the pitcher. What it does, it sucks the milk up and foams it and drops it into your cup through a tube. So the once you add your coffee grounds and add your milk, all you do is push the button and it either makes an espresso, a double espresso. Those are the top two buttons. Then the second row of buttons, one of them is cappuccino. The second one is clean to clean your machine. And the third row is a small latte or a large latte. So just six buttons and then switch that switches it on and off. Mr. Coffee's very easy. And if you like espresso drinks that have more milk, like you're not going to drink just a shot of espresso or you don't want to deal with the steam yourself because that's scary, which I totally understand. That's why I switched to the Mr. Coffee for a while. I have now switched back because I found I was just drinking the espresso and not using the milk feature at all. Mostly that was because I let some of the milk sour and that was a terrible experience. So if you're gonna use the milk by all means, switch it out every day and clean the machine after every use of milk. You wanna flush it out. That's what that button's there for to make sure that there's no sour milk anywhere because blech. So, Espresso is the foundation, and that's why I spent, let's see, 20 minutes talking about it. From that foundation, you can build, I found a list of something like over 30 drinks that you can build with it. Some of them are just espresso, like Espresso Romano, which is espresso with lemon zest. Uh, they would love for you to peel the lemon with a potato peeler so that you get a, a little lemon peel there so the lemon oils disperse out into the coffee. Now Cuban coffee, um, Cafe Cubano, is actually made with a mocha pot that I first started with and they make their coffee with that but then on the on the heat in another pan they uh, heat milk and sugar, sweetened condensed milk and sugar and it's really sweet and they add them together and that's it's it's basically espresso though it's an espresso based drink but let's say you say i couldn't be farther from wanting it's way too strong way too strong so that sentiment i believe i mentioned before that sentiment was shared by american soldiers in italy in world war 2 
and a drink was invented called the Americano, named after us, uh, whereby they took a one shot of espresso and then two shots of hot water to bring the coffee down to basically the strength of a regular cup of coffee in the States. And that's called an Americano. So the other day, I think I mentioned when I was at Starbucks and they didn't have coffee in a, in a coffee pot, I actually had an Americano, but I had them replace the water with cream. If you like a lot of milk, then that would be one part espresso, one part milk, one part foam. If um, when I was sighted, I had the opportunity to watch a barista work one time. And it's the most tragic thing in the world for the drink she was making. She actually prevented the foam from entering the cup and poured that off and threw it out. The foam is my favorite part. I love the foam. It's, you know, it's, oh, I love it. Especially if you sprinkle sugar on top and the sugar kind of suspends itself in the foam. Oh, it's so good. So that would be a latte. Uh, flat white is a similar drink uh, that, that has a lot of proportion of milk, uh, of cream and foam. And that's a drink that I really enjoy, but a lot of places don't know how to make a flat white. And what I love about the flat white, um, everything is divided in the cup. So I've been told, if you look at it from a side view in a clear cup, it's black on the bottom for the coffee and then lighter as the next layer for the cream. And then the lightest layer is the foam at the top and you can, you can see all of that. And so when you sip it, actually the coffee comes first, followed by the cream, followed by the foam. And it's, a, it's an experience. So if you're, I know Starbucks makes them, I don't know who else makes them, but if you're looking to be adventurous at a coffee shop, ask them if they can make a flat white and they, they will make that for you. If you add in chocolate syrup to espresso, milk, and foam, you get a mocha. If there's more milk, it's a mocha latte. Um, in between the amount of milk that I've heard it called a mochaccino. Then A macchiato has just a little bit of milk, um, steamed milk, not enough for me. So I don't, I don't tend to drink that. A frappuccino may or may not even have a shot of espresso in it. Um, so you, you don't know what you're gonna get with that. If you pour the espresso over ice, then you've got iced coffee. Obviously, it's a double shot of espresso, and you could even do a triple shot. There's some fun drinks. And if, ugh. And now I'm going to tab forever. Here we go. If you pour a shot of espresso over vanilla ice cream, that's called an affogato. There's a drink called a red eye. Has anybody heard of that? Anybody heard of a red eye coffee? There's no hands up. <laughs> it is um, a cup of brewed coffee with a shot of espresso in it to, I guess, boost it up, make it stronger. 
Another thing I read about was a double brewed coffee where you use brewed coffee to make coffee. Use the brewed coffee, pour it over the coffee grounds again, not in your machine, you ruin your machine, but in like, for example, a French press, a French press or a, or a French um, or a pour over situation, you could use coffee to make coffee. I, I can't recommend that. I've never done it. So I don't know what it would be like. Uh, let's see. I think I mentioned the ristretto, which is just the, the tiniest bit of coffee. And, you know, maybe some of you have more experience with this than I do because I don't tend to use a lot of syrups. But I have heard a lot of the raspberry one seems to be very popular at Starbucks that you can take any drink and, and add raspberry in. And there's all the milks, of course, all the different types of milks. All right. Well, I have a drink that I tried this week to profile for you all. Um, but first, I'd like to ask if there are any questions. And if not, we're going to move toward the second half of our segment, which is cooking with coffee. Make sure I hit everything. We have no hands raised. All right. The other day, this is a K-cup recipe, but so I should save it for next week, but I'm going to go ahead because I, I hope to have tried something different by next week. You all pushed me to be more adventurous, and I love that. It was a Brazilian K-cup. So I did hazelnut creamer, liquid creamer, hazelnut liqueur, which was, it's not a hazelnut liqueur. It's hazelnut flavored Irish cream. Um, I think I may have mentioned I received a, an Irish cream sampler pack of four ounce bottles of different flavors. And so Brazilian coffee, which is basically a blank canvas. It was dark, but not super dark. Brazilian coffee, hazelnut creamer, hazelnut liqueur, maple ready whip on top, uh, sprinkled with cinnamon. And as we discussed it on week one, I'm the kind of person who doesn't mind the granular taste of cinnamon in my mouth. It doesn't bother me. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Just cutting through the, what I cut through the ready whip and kind of mix it in the coffee just a little bit, but I still eat it off the top with a spoon. And so I had that hint of cinnamon in the back of my palate and then the creaminess from the ready whip and the little bit of bite from the liqueur. It, it, it was an amazing cup of coffee. So I wrote it down quick so that I could remember what I did. Um, while I'm talking about cooking with coffee, if you either have questions, say, I really want that whole recipe to go up on the Google Doc or you either are thinking of a recipe you yourself make with espresso or coffee, please raise your hand and, and we, will, we will stop anywhere because I'm not going to put every recipe up on the dock unless I feel like there's interest for it. Um, just kind of trying to take the pulse of the group because you're probably representative of the group online or the group that might uh, go listen to this podcast. So a few recipes. I'm going to start with savory. This is a an espresso crusted pork tenderloin. Uh, 
And so in the, well, in, in my, in grocery stores I have experienced, I'm thinking of Kroger and Walmart here. I tell people to look on the coffee aisle for this along the space where the instant coffees will be. But I tell them, look for a tiny jar of instant coffee with a green screw top lid. Then when they read what that is, that's usually going to be espresso powder. And so that's what you would want for this. And it's, um, it's a spice mix. And along with the paprika, cumin, and coriander, you would put also a teaspoon of espresso powder. And um, once you've dried, pat dry the tenderloins, and then um, rub in the, then dry rub, you dry rub the tenderloins. You could dry, dry rub any type of meat, really, any type of dry meat, and then let it marinate for at least an hour up to overnight before, I believe they're roasting it, but I, I'm thinking of grilling applications. If you used something more tender, like I don't know that I would marinate chicken breasts for as long as I would marinate pork for as long as I would marinate beef. To me, I see that as a spectrum. I have not made these. I would love to. But the idea of having that dark, smoky bitterness from the coffee on the meat, to me, that sounds good. We do a lot of sweet recipes with it. Um, tiramisu being an example. I, I know there's folks on here that have had tiramisu before. And there's a couple of ways to make it. It all comes down to what you soak the lady fingers in. And I've soaked them in sherry before. I've soaked them in one part sherry, one part coffee. If you want virgin, you can soak it just in brewed coffee. I would want brewed coffee for tiramisu and not not straight up espresso, though. I think that would be too much. Oh, what I meant to say about espresso a while back. So the quote, ideal espresso would be a dark roast, a fine grind, espresso bean. But there is some flexibility there. So a barista that I know who had set up a, a coffee station uh, selling concessions at a convention that Georgia had a while back. Uh, it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and I wanted one of her fancy coffees. I believe I wanted a cappuccino and I said, Valerie, um, can you please make this with decaf coffee grounds? And she looked at me like I lost my mind. I said, try it. It'll come out fine. She says, well, if it doesn't come out, you know, you're getting your money back. I said, no, no. And, and it works. I do it at home as well. Just if they're It'd be better to grind them a little finer if they're automatic grind, because the kind of decaf coffee I keep on hand is automatic grind. It's kind of a medium grind. But you can, particularly if it's a decaf dark roast. And Starbucks has a wonderful decaf dark roast whole bean out right now that um, I've been using. And, you know, so you can definitely make it. I know decaf espresso sounds crazy. But you're still pressing the coffee grounds down. Oh, that's the other step I didn't mention. So before, once you've filled the filter with the coffee grounds. So with my machine, there came a scoop. So it's a spoon 
on one end is a tablespoon shaped thing to scoop out a tablespoon of coffee. On the other end is a flat circle to the effect that if the spoon part is facing the ceiling and you set it down flat, it will stand up off the table on its flat bottom. Well, that flat bottom center, that circular flat bottom is made for tamping down, pressing down the coffee. And if you make a lot of espressos at home, you'll get a sense for how much to press it down. I find at coffee shops, they press it down quite hard. I've never been able to pack it so that it was, quote, too hard. You'll know it's too hard if when you go to turn it out after it's done, so you've used it, you're ready to clean it out, take it out, tap it down, and touch the cooled coffee grounds. And if the center of the coffee grounds is dusty and dry, you'll know you packed it too hard and the water couldn't penetrate. Could also mean the coffee's ground too finely, but that rarely happens. So I did want to go back and say, you can use decaf grounds for this. And the reason I say that is because in any of these recipes, depending whether it's a cooked preparation and the caffeine will cook out, or depending on whether it is something where whatever coffee you use, you'll be drinking along with the, along with the milkshake, along with the spread, along with the tiramisu, then you can have the option to brew decaf if you would rather. One of those people that can't stand decaf, then by all means make the real thing. Um, if caffeine affects you, you already know about that, and it won't surprise you if that happens. Probably the, <clears throat> the number one, uh, so a hot water chocolate cake. It's not one that I make. It's one that was recommended to me. And in any dessert recipe that calls for water, that water can be substituted for coffee. So think about your flavors. Think about whether you would like to have that coffee in there. And for example, for a hot water chocolate cake, well, yes, absolutely. I mean, coffee is known to enhance chocolate flavor. Now, if it's hot water cornbread, you know, no, don't do that. That would not be good. So you just have to think about the, the preparations. This is a great place to mention. I already mentioned the espresso powder in the tiny bottle with the green screw top lid, which is very deceptive because when I'm relying on my residual vision and I've got two bottles and they both have green lids, oftentimes with labeling conventions, green will mean decaf. <laughs> so, I know the small one is espresso powder and the large one is decaf instant coffee because to mix those two up would be quite disastrous. The espresso powder is very strong. You will, if it's a, a recipe, you would normally use instant coffee and you use an espresso powder, that's fine. I would cut it down by half to make sure you don't, and then just taste and see. Cooking is an absolutely wonderful place to use instant coffee. If there's liquid in the recipe, it's ideal to use some of that liquid to melt the coffee, and it'll melt in cold liquid. So it's not always possible, though. My brownie recipe doesn't call for any liquid. It's, it's eggs and butter and cocoa powder and flour. 
and I want to add a spoonful of instant coffee to it. So what do I do? I measure out the teaspoonful or tablespoonful of instant coffee into a small bowl with sides. And then with clean hands, uh, smush it between my fingers like you would grains of sand until it's a very fine powder. You can even put it through a coffee grinder, but to me, that's overkill. Just use your hands and just, because once it's a fine powder, then it'll for sure melt. Because what you don't want is to accidentally come across a piece of instant coffee granule in your teeth. That's a terrible thing. Another thing you can do, um, there are other recipes. If your recipe calls for vanilla, it's great to use the vanilla to dissolve the coffee. Um, I see we have a hand raised. Yes, we do. Lucy? Of course, me. <laughs> I just had another idea. Hmm. Could you mix it, mix the powder with, with the egg? Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't do right. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Weird. No, it, it just adheres to the egg and doesn't dissolve. It's bizarre. <laughs> Oh, man, here I came up with this good idea. Yeah, while I'm here, I might as well say years ago, I used to have a recipe and I haven't looked for it. I mean, I know I don't have the physical copy anymore, but I need to look online. It was a mocha mousse. Mm. And oh, my goodness. I mean, it was so good. If you like, you know, chocolate mousse, it was just this coffee flavor in there oh man oh i want some (laughs) oh that sounds amazing oh yeah it was really good okay i have a a box yeah anyone who wants to jump in with thoughts about cooking with coffee i'm all about it um i have a box mix of chocolate mousse in my cupboard and i think it goes with milk and i I wonder about um just doing it uh, some coffee and with that milk and doing it that might be a then it would be a mocha yeah i don't see why not Mocha chocolate mousse, that that sounds Mm. like a great thing. So talking about mocha. That sounds good. Oh, it it is. It it would be, I think. Um, We love a drink at Arby's. I don't know that Arby's is nationwide, but if you have it called the Jamocha Shake, there's a similar drink, the Frosty at Wendy's, although with less coffee. There's also a frosted coffee at the chain, Chick-fil-A. All of those drinks are ice cream and coffee. We've kind of perfected it over a period of years at our house. It's made every New Year's Eve. So we use decaf instant coffee powder in it that we melt in with the wet ingredients. And the only wet ingredients are chocolate milk and vanilla flavoring. And then a half gallon of ice cream. We've tried with all different ones. I would have to say growing up, my favorite was always Rocky Road with this because I enjoyed finding the little bits in the bottom of my milkshake. Nowadays, there's a chocolate cookie crumble. The base of the ice cream is chocolate ice cream, but it has, if you picture a buttery, crumbly chocolate crust 
veins of that running through it like marble. Like you never know with what spoonful you're going to run into a vein of that chocolate. Oh, it's so good. So we use that now with, and then we thin it down just, just as much as we need to with the coffee flavored chocolate milk and use the rest um, as a floater for whoever makes the drink gets the floater of the extra coffee flavor from the coffee flavored chocolate milk that's left over. Then a carton, a 12 ounce carton of whipped topping. If you feel that that's not good or you don't like it, whatever, then feel free to um, whip two cups of heavy cream. Same result, more work. And then mix, fold it, fold it together and you've got a Jamocha shake. It's a delicious milkshake. We have it every year. The ratio is um, for us, for 16 ounce servings, the ingredients I've just described make six 16 ounce servings. So our recipe is for each serving a teaspoon of instant coffee. So we use six teaspoons of instant coffee. And if you picture that's a cup of coffee for each of us, then you also sweeten it the same way. So for those, for that six cups of coffee, we use six packets of pink sweetener. You would sweeten it the same way you sweeten your coffee. So if you would prefer Sevia, Truvia, white granulated sugar, just measure it out as if it was one cup of coffee for each. So let's say you, you want not very much coffee flavor, then you just do it by half and do half. I have not measured this into individual servings. That's something I would love to do, like to tell you how much ice cream to use if you just want it for one. I don't know how to do that, but I could probably give it some thought. If anybody thinks they want to try it just for one person, I could probably give that some thought. I also had wondered, um, wondered about a Neapolitan version, but I don't know how strawberry would do with coffee. That's not necessarily one of the Irish cream liqueurs in my variety pack was a strawberry and it was very terrible. Uh, just the idea of, of coffee and, and strawberry just didn't work for me. But for those of you who love raspberry syrup in your coffee anyway, you might enjoy a strawberry shake with coffee kick. I don't know, maybe. Another one that we do, I don't know if we created it or what, it's basically a coffee buttercream. It's a stick of butter, two cups of powdered sugar, a teaspoon of vanilla uh, with, for this, I do the coffee between my fingers to make it a fine powder and then sprinkle the powder in. And then you put in a cocoa powder, a spoon, spoon or two full of cocoa powder. And just mix it up good with a fork until it forms a paste. Spread it over graham crackers and it's a fudge graham cracker spread. And um, we may not get to all these for sake of time, but I will do one more. And then if any of you have any thoughts or questions about cooking with coffee, I'll take those before I go to my coffee shop profile of the week quickly. Mocha fondue. So eight ounces of chocolate chips. For coffee preparations, 
I don't go any darker with the chocolate than a semi-sweet. Because if you put 80 or 90% cocoa with the bitterness of coffee, that could be too much bitterness, unless you love that, in which case go for it. But And then if it's a milk chocolate and a medium roast coffee, that can be fine. You just want to think about your pairing. Dark roast with semi-sweet chocolate, medium roast with milk chocolate, super dark chocolate with maybe even a shot of espresso if you wanted to. So match it up. But in any case, a third of a cup of strong brewed coffee, which amounts to about a double shot of espresso. If you want to use espresso and pair it with a darker chocolate and one can of sweetened condensed milk, just uh, stirred until melted. Just a couple of different thoughts or hints, and this is not a cooking call. I, I respect those of you who do cooking calls because there's incredibly a lot of moving parts that can go wrong. And I tend to do the same recipes often and get comfortable with them. For this, um, I always melt my chocolate, no matter whether it's chocolate chips, melting chocolate from the market, chocolate medallions from the specialty aisle of the cake decorating, no matter what, I melt it in the microwave on 30%. But melt it in the way that works for you. If you want a double boiler to melt it, that's fine. What I would not do is heat the sweetened condensed milk and then try to pour the chocolate chips into the sweetened condensed milk because the sweetened condensed milk will be burned by the time the chocolate melts if you put cold chocolate into hot sweetened condensed milk. Um, but it makes a delicious blend. Now, I've never served it like traditional fondue. Um, I just basically use it over ice cream, the chocolate coffee fondue. So I have not heard that there are any raised hands. Um, oh, one more thing about machines as I glance at my notes. So if you use a pot for your espresso, a mocha pot, or if you use an espresso machine, I don't believe they come with a milk frother. There are separate milk frothers you can get from between $15 and $30. I have never used one. So if anyone was interested in milk frother recommendations, we would have to go, I think, outside of this group to find a good recommendation on an accessible one. Because where would the milk, where would the, where would the steam come from? Like, is the wand full of water? I mean, I have questions. Or is it just, I think it's just like an immersion blender, except with a, a little more ability to, to churn up the milk. But I'm not, and it warms it too. So that's something to research. All right. I haven't gotten out to a coffee shop this week. So um, yes, uh, I hear we have a hand raised. Yes, Beth's hand is up. Um, this is Beth from New Mexico. I got a question for you. The other day, we were buying, I was, uh, my coffee pot um, kind of went on the blink, so I had to get a new one from Walmart, and we saw something uh, that was called a French, it was, it was like a little mug, like a, oh, maybe a 16, 20-ounce mug, and it was called a French press. Um, do you know how those work? 
I do. You don't have a cord or anything with it, you know? I do. And those, um, you pour boiling water into it. If it's what I'm thinking of, you don't heat it up with electricity. You heat it up on your stove. And we will talk more about the French press method um, in week five. So next week, K-Cups, week after that, um, French French press and others will revisit the Nespresso that day. We'll revisit um, cold brew. Someone, I believe Lucy had asked about cold brew. So all of that will be um, on that day. Oh, I didn't, I tried to get in this, this call last week somehow, and I don't know why I couldn't log in. Well, I'm glad you made it. Oh, me too. Uh, Okay. I wish you would have more than six of these. <laughs> uh, Nora has her hand up. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, yeah, hi. Um, um, do you happen to, I can't remember what you talked about last week. I'm sorry I missed it, but there's nothing to do this week. But what did you talk about last week? Let's see. Last week we talked about the origin of coffee beans, uh, roast, grind, yeah, I and yeah, decaffeination, um, coffee grinders that you can use at home, that, that type of stuff. And I, as I understand that this will be podcasted for you to go back and listen to anything that you missed. Yeah, I'm not able to do that unless I have subscribe, subscribe, uh, we call it subscribe. So okay, okay. That old, well, that's, that's what we talked about. Uh, sure. That's what we talked about last week. Uh-huh. Okay, so is it coffee being originally from Italy? Uh, Greece. Well, Ethiopia. Um, so, oh, so okay, Af- great. Thank you. Africa. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, we did talk about the origin last week. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten about that. Yep. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. All right. Great. So thank you. There is a website and had someone tell me about it because it wasn't super accessible on my phone. I have not tried it on my PC. But it is um, firedepartmentcoffee.com. So this is the research that, that I had helped to do because like I said, on with voiceover, it's, it's not as accessible as I'd like, but I love their mission. So I'm going to mention them anyway. Um, it is owned and run by firefighters, especially ones who, for medical reasons, cannot work in the field anymore. So one of the things they're able to do is, is help run this coffee shop. 10% of the net proceeds go to charities that help the families of firefighters who either have injuries or have unfortunately lost their lives and so it's a great mission and they have a line it's it's expensive um one of the most interesting things they have is a line of what they call spirit infused coffees which um like there's there's a bourbon infused whiskey infused that doesn't mean you get alcohol with the product it just means that trying to pull it up here with my spirit infused coffee bourbon whiskey rum tequila 
so that that I thought was interesting. I don't know what tequila flavored coffee would taste like, but they have everything from light to to dark on the roast scale. And what I loved is they also have single origin coffees. So if you remember last week or the week before, maybe both, I touched on if the coffee is grown in Brazil, dried, roasted, packaged, shipped, all from one place, that's single origin. They haven't brought in cheap fillers to fill the coffee with other things like often happens when it's done off site. Like they even have a single origin Jamaican Blue Mountain for the person that that loves Jamaican Blue Mountain. This would be 100% from there, which would be why it's $29 a pound. But, you know, if you want the experience of single origin, might be worth it just once. The, uh, the single origin Nicaraguan, on the other hand, is about half the price. And you would still get, you know, a dark, a dark coffee. Now, you have um, six minutes to the top of the hour, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, let me not forget to thank Diane for being our host and Cindy for being our streamer. I really appreciate that. Okay, we have a raised hand also. Oh, okay. Hi, Jonathan. What's the, what's the webpage? website that you just said about the fire coffee it is the word fire okay and and then d-e-p-t short okay. for department coffee.com all right thank you uh-huh fire department and you know it may work better with jaws and the problem may be the operator so a more experienced operator might not have a problem with it sometimes i don't know if it's me or the technology but uh the last uh thing on their website that i was going to mention there's a tiny island in southeast asia called timor it's in indonesia and uh, they, they have coffee. It's their one national product. And it's hard to find. There's not much of it. And it, Fire Department Coffee carries it. And I thought that was, uh, thought that was neat that they would have it. So I want to thank you all for coming. And next week is K-Cups, so I know you all are going to have stuff to say about K-Cups. I, I would love to hear what machine you use and how accessible you find it to be. We'll discuss about some machine options and, and everyone's favorite K-Cups. I feel like it'll be a brainstorming session, and we will get a, a sense of, of what uh, each other likes, an idea of something new that we could try out. And so uh, I will look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you.